We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Pat Mayo from the Pat Mayo Experience, Run the Sims, Fantasy National, DraftKings, and Mayo Media Network. Let's just let's say that. Uh, did I miss anything, Pat? Yeah, I'm sure there's like 800 other places that you've missed. You got you to gotta cobble yeah. together any check that you can get. That's right. That's right. Uh, we are, spo- speaking of gathering checks, we are sponsored by WinBet. Uh, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, and they are the exclusive sponsor for Roto-Wire Podcast this fall. Appreciate that. Uh, week one, we're finally here. Infinity draft season is over, almost. I do have a couple more left, but uh, it, it hey, a couple days away from our first game. Super excited. We're not having a ton of news, although we do have news from that Thursday night game. I, I suspect we'll get a lot more from practice reports today, tomorrow, and Friday, but uh, the one that jumps out to me is Chris Godwin. Uh, you know, dealing with that quad injury. It seems like that popped up yesterday. Uh, what's your reaction to the news on him? It's more of a wait and see at this point because yeah. Wednesday's practice will probably tell most of the story. But even if he's a game time decision come Thursday night, I'm guessing that he's probably going to play. And if he plays, I see no reason not to play him. He is the one in this mm-hmm. Tampa Bay offense. We saw from weeks 9 to 17 and throughout the playoffs last year when they had the big three available with Evans, with Brown, and Godwin. It was Godwin who actually had some form of stability between all those. You had some spike games from Brown, some spike games from Evans, but it was Godwin who was the consistent every single week as Brady's favorite target, putting up over 80 yards in almost every single one of those games. So if he's playing, you'd have to think a team that's trying to repeat to win the Super Bowl is probably not going to throw an injured receiver in week one just because. You'd probably, right. let, especially with an extended week off too, playing in the Thursday game, that you'd probably want to see him get healthy. So if he plays, I have no problem playing him. I actually think on DraftKings, this is like the move that everyone's now so panicked if we don't get any more news about Chris Godwin that all of a sudden he becomes a very compelling play. Yeah, uh, and th- that's that's all about trying to find like the compelling player with also the underweight usage there. Uh, and, and it's not something I'm, I'm particularly strong at. And I know that's something you delve into a lot more on, uh, especially for DK. So I love, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that as, as we go on here, but um, also Antonio Brown got a maintenance day yesterday. Uh, they said earlier he had some sort of knee thing on Monday, but then they came out and said, Oh, that's just a maintenance day. Any, any reaction to that? 
No, I like Antonio Brown this week, especially if Godwin is somewhat limited. And it just mm -hmm. seems like you're going to pass all over Dallas. So you know, start all three of them. Yeah, I, I could see that happening there. The line has jumped up, I think, to eight in this one now, the latest I saw. Uh, and, you know, that's it, it, the public is pretty heavy on the Bucks. Uh, and I, I frankly, I thought it would be a little lower. But then again, I always think the Cowboys are a public team and their lines are always going to be, you know, leaning towards them more than they should anyhow. Well, it's funny because they are a public team, but that might factor in if they're good, but if they're mm -hmm. bad, and I mean, it's not to say that Dallas is bad coming into the year, but the thing that you would see the most that the public has influence is when you throw up their Super Bowl odds or their division odds, because you're not betting against anyone. Because when you're a very popular team, a very public team, there's also just complete haters as well, who will just automatically take the other side. And then- True. At this point in time, in the context of 2021, is it really more of a public team than the Super Bowl champion with Tom Brady at quarterback? Probably not, but it went from six and a half. It's now at eight. Wouldn't be super stunned to see it go to eight, eight and a half or nine by the time that kickoff actually happens. Maybe even nine and a half. I doubt it ever gets to 10 because now we're cluing in on key numbers, although 10 has been far less prevalent the last two years than it has been historically because of more teams going for two, missed extra points being more of a thing now than they've ever been, that 10 isn't as key as it once was. It's still one of the primary key numbers, but it's not seven or three, for example. Right. So That's I could still, so as long as money keeps rolling in on Tampa, I actually like Dallas against the spread, it, nothing more than I still think this offense is going to be really good, even if they're down. Martin Lyle Collins is coming back for the first time since 2019. I would expect the Bucks to get into the backfield a ton. I just have trust in Dak Prescott, who appears like he's 100%. All three receivers seem like they're good to go. Zeke is probably going to have some issues running the ball, but out of the backfield, he should be fine. So even if they're down by like 21 going into the fourth quarter, they can still cover that eight. I mean, I wouldn't say that's not a problem, but they definitely have the explosive offense to do that. Yeah, you mentioned Kevin Martin, and that's—I mean, uh, Zach Martin. I, I have this block. I keep calling him Kevin. I don't know why. Is he—is uh, he, is he like ninety-eight percent from the free throw line? Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> I guess right. Uh, but uh, you know, he's out with COVID, and you know, he Collins looks like he'll play at least. So there, there is that. But it's always a tough run matchup against the Bucks. Anyhow, they have a lot of continuity. They didn't really lose a whole lot this offseason, so you expect that to remain the same. Uh, I gotta imagine you're trying to steer people away from him, like on showdown slates and things of that nature. It really depends on how you construct your lineup. Like I, I'm only playing like one because so it kind of works one of two ways. I feel like if I want to tackle the big $10 slate on DraftKings this week, I'd probably want to put in 150 lineups. I just don't mm -hmm. want to invest 1500 bucks week one into the first showdown slate of the year. I'd probably want to leave it for the classic slate. But the site I just launched with Justin Freeman, runthesims.com, runthesims.com slash mayo for that discount right now. And it has all these tools that he created. And he's like one of the three best showdown players alive. So all of his projections are updated. It takes, you can simulate the game 5,000 times in under five seconds. So I started doing that and playing around with it. And I'm like, oh man, I should probably get in on that and make my custom right, adjustments right. along the way. Zeke is really interesting. So I don't want to play him in the showdown slate, but I feel like that's a pretty popular opinion. It, it does seem like Zeke is one to be faded in this spot by the public, but then you have to start crafting a narrative around, well, how does Zeke actually get there for you if you use him? Because I think that he'll be a pretty relatively low owned captain this week, especially on DraftKings. So how does he do it? 
Well, is he going to rush for 100 yards? Unlikely. I mean, it's possible, but it's unlikely because mm-hmm. Dallas has an eight-point dog going up against their best run defense with a banged-up offensive line, not things that are super conducive with running the ball well. So you have to think that, hey, is Tony Pollard going to sit on the sidelines most of the time? Does that mean that Ezekiel Elliott is playing 80-plus percent of the snaps? If you can buy into that and you know that he's going to get all the goal line work, although – Dak has a propensity to steal some of the goal line work. We just go look at his rushing touchdown numbers from inside the five that you'd have to hope that this is one of the six, seven, eight catch games for Zeke out of the backfield. Plus he gets every carry from inside the three yard line. Maybe he can plunge in twice from the one yard line, gather the two scores, pile it up through the air and go like eight for 71 through the air, put up another 40 on the ground, something like that. That's how you have to piece together sort of the upside for Zeke this week. Floor, I think that he's going to be fine. Like he's still a favorite to score a touchdown. You know that he's probably going to see you know, as a median projection, four or five targets that will carry him through. But when I look at this game, it's how do you think it's going to go? That's how you should be building your showdown roster. So when I geared my projections on run the Sims, I wanted to tell myself a story of how this game was going to go. And right now, like you said, the point totals around 51 and a half, the bucks are favored by eight. So I actually just kind of up that a little bit because I think Dallas is going to cover, but I think it's a play from behind situation. That's the narrative that I've crafted for myself. And I think that's how you should play your showdown lineups. If you're not going to play the 150. I'm only playing the one. So what's the story that I want to tell myself? Well, I think that the Bucks defense is going to get in this backfield. They can generate pressure. They can generate turnovers. I'm playing the Bucks defense. That doesn't mean I can't play Dak. Dak and right. the Bucks defense can independently score a ton of points. In fact, if the Bucks defense does a bunch of scoring, it's more likely that Dak Prescott outscores Tom Brady in the game, even if Tampa Bay puts up 40 points, just because you're taking Brady off the field and you're forcing Dak into passing situations. So pairing all those up, I might have to adjust because of the Godwin news, because I was really big on Antonio Brown, because I felt like he was falling through the cracks and he was a lot cheaper. But people were worried about his status before they were worried about Godwin's status. I might flip flop onto Godwin from Antonio Brown, but he seemed like more of a game breaker to me. And from the Dallas side of the ball, CeeDee Lamb has been all the buzz this offseason. People are drafting him as like the number eight wide receiver, second round pick. That is going to translate at least into week one as it pertains to DraftKings ownership. So just full fade on CD, play a Murray Cooper who no one seems to want. And now I've started to piece together my roster a lot. The only one outlier that I have is Ronald Jones, because if I think that you know if they are going to be playing with a lead for a lot of the game, pairing the running back with the defense, I think is, you know, it's not a huge correlation. It's not like quarterback and receiver, but it's more of a correlation than sure. Ronald Jones and Tom Brady at that point. So both quarterbacks, the defense, Ronald Jones, Brown, Amari Cooper, now, that's right. That's my starting point right now. We'll see where it ends up on Thursday night. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Now with Dak, we're looking at a little bit of an article of faith. You know, we're counting on like, oh, he looked good in practice. You know, he's he's only been throwing for a couple of weeks. You know, with that shoulder issue, with the with the ankle coming back from that. Just generally for the season, where are you on Dak? Are you still treating him as like a top five, top six quarterback, or did you downgrade him at all? I am at number five. I have no concerns. If I'm going to go all in on Dak, I want him to be Dak. Like, right. Different people have different strategies when it comes to their season long drafts, especially where I'm not playing for second. I'm playing for first. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that you know, everyone is doing that, but I don't care about coming, you know, coming being the last team into the playoffs and just having a crappy team and getting bats. I'd rather be last at that point because I want to take as remember, you ever see major league three with the buzz. <laughs> I only I didn't actually. That's the one I I stopped after two because I really hated two. Well, oh, two was okay. I mean, 
You had Jesse Ventura at the beginning with Willie Mays Hayes. Either way, although they did replace yeah. Willie Mays Hayes with Omar Raps. But the guy at the end just takes some home run cuts, swing for the fences. That's all I'm really trying to do with my season-long lineups. Now, if you're not someone who's active on the waiver wire, you play in a league that doesn't trade a bunch, maybe that becomes a little bit more difficult. But Dak is a player who could be the number one fantasy quarterback. And mm-hmm. when I break them down into tiers, there's only so many players that can fit that role. Like someone like Jalen Hurts, I think could be the number one fantasy quarterback quarterback does that happen less than 0.5 percent of the time probably but he has the skill set that i want and he's starting in a week one so he could theoretically if with a great it's a lot like lamar two years ago no one thought like people like oh man draft lamar he's gonna be really good what he goes like quarterback number 10 it's like oh yeah with his skill set he could be quarterback number one and he was Jalen Hurts is not as good as Lamar Jackson, but fantasy-wise, you know, especially if the defense isn't good, just could be a lot of throwing and running situations. He's someone that could potentially put up the the ever so valuable 300-yard passing and 100-yard rushing game and get those double bonuses on the go. So that's what I'm looking for from those types of players. Obviously, Dak doesn't run as much, but he has high rushing touchdown equity versus a lot of these running backs. And this defense sucks. He's going to throw the ball like 50 times a game and has some yep. of the, if not the best weapons in the NFL. So, I mean, if his shoulder is hurt, you know, it's a quarterback. I can pick up another quarterback. I'd rather gamble on quarterback and that upside rather than taking like someone like Tom Brady, who I think I had number 10 or number 11 at quarterback. He's fine. Stafford is fine. They will probably be quarterback ones, but they will never sniff quarterback overall number one throughout the course of the season like Dak will. I, I get that. I, I I think that's a, a great point, and you're just trying to swing for the fences a little bit there. I like that. Uh, who else? Who else is a weight on the quarterback guy? Is, is Trevor Lawrence, does he have that sort of upside in season one? I think so, especially with their defense being so bad that if you can guarantee that he can run, which I think that he's going to do, if you can pencil him in for 35 to 50 rushing yards with some touchdown equity on the ground, you know, it's bombs away. He's probably a top 10 quarterback. Zach Wilson, if he runs has that path too. Like I've still been taking Justin Fields late. I'm still convinced that Justin Fields starts week two for the bears that they're just feeding Dalton to the lions and Aaron right. Donald, just watch him be terrible. Fields comes in in the first fourth quarter. Like they're not even trying anymore at this point. He starts running around. It's like, Oh, I see where this works. So, I mean, we don't know with Trey Lance with his finger now. And if he's ever get that job, it does feel like fields is going to get the job. And he is another one. Like, if you're not taking the combo quarterback, you're doing fantasy wrong at this point. Like there's no reason to reach on like the Brady's, the Stafford's, the Matt Ryan's, the Kirk Cousins, like they're fine. They are. And the best thing about someone like Kirk Cousins is no one's drafting him anyway. So you can plug and play him if your other guy sucks and you, you can pick him up. He is a nice stopgap until you find that next guy. But like I said, like a late round quarterback for someone like Justin Fields, if he's going to run, which he should, or Zach Wilson, if we think that he is going to run, I mean, Fields keeps dropping down boards because he's not starting with Zach Wilson. It's not even going drafted in some one quarterback league. So those are guys to watch out for if you see that skill set pop up. Now, maybe Wilson doesn't run and therefore he is useless. But if he does run, I mean, Tyra for years was someone like he was a quarterback one. He, He couldn't even throw, but all he did was run. That's how valuable rushing is to quarterbacks. Absolutely. And, you know, I, you mentioned Cousins. He pairs well with Fields, too. You you, uh, you know, you get the Bengals in week one, for instance, while Fields sits against the Rams. We like that. I mean, that's fine. You don't get pounded against the Rams anyhow. You don't want you really don't want that. So I, I think that that's an interesting way to you know pair those two guys up. And that way you can try to unlock some upside, too, if you do have to wait for Fields a little bit more. I probably wouldn't go Cousins. Where would I go? I'd probably take Tua, although the week one matchup isn't great. Yeah. Darnold week one against the Jets is pretty spicy. 
Yeah, I've already someone I forget who said it on Twitter. I think it was someone who uh, his username is paired off of Andercus. Uh, it's not actually him said that he's going to predict that uh, you're going to say stack the Panthers in week one. So I think that they're a viable stack. I don't think that they're my favorite stack. I mean, if you want to know my favorite stack that everyone has just soured on, because I did the week one DraftKings like initial reaction show. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, like this is kind of crazy with the pricing that you can work here. But Jalen Hurts with Devonta Smith and bringing it back with like Pitts and Kelvin Ridley is very affordable. Yeah, that sounds like fun uh, for sure. And, you know, I, you know, I don't have a whole lot of Pitts and I probably should have a little bit more. I only have them like one or two leagues so far. And, you know, I, I, I then again, I'll probably get them in some DFS as well. But uh, I, I love the upside from him and I, I do love the upside on uh, on Jalen Hurts for sure. And I think your, your theory on that really works out really well. Uh, before we get into a little bit more news, quick note from our friends at WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. I'm here with Pat Mayo from Pat, the Mayo Media Network, Run the Sims, Fantasy National, of course, the Pat Mayo Experience uh, in your YouTube t- channel there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Latavius Murray. He got uh, cut by the Saints yesterday, refused to take a pay cut. You see a lot of this uh, payroll, you know, a lot of restructuring of contracts. He didn't play ball with that. We There was rumors all along that he was going to get cut, Survi- survived the first round of cuts. Where does he land now? Baltimore has been the, the buzz one. They did sign Le'Veon yep. Bell, who sucks, so don't even yep. worry about Le'Veon Bell. Dust. Right. But – that makes some logical sense. There was talk about Oakland for reasons unknown. The thing I am most fearful of, because you said you didn't have a lot of Kyle Pitts, and I don't in my season-long leagues at all either, but I just kept scooping all the Mike Davis I could find, and it really seems like the perfect fit for Latavius Murray is Atlanta, which yeah. terrifies me. Like I wasn't really sweating Gullman when he got signed, but like Murray's a real guy. If you put Murray on that team, he is the best running back on the yep. team. Plus he, you can pull the old school Belichick move where you bring in some scrub from the jets or the dolphins or the bills to get the playbook fed to you. And you can do that with an interdivision team with the saints. So I think that's the most logical one, but I mean, it'll probably be like the Texans or something like that, where it's like, Oh, we have five running backs. Why don't we get another like stupid teams and bad teams are going to make bad decisions. And that would probably be the move. Like I wouldn't love him in Baltimore, like Tyson Williams, it would hurt him more than anything else. It wouldn't hurt Gus Edwards all that much, I don't think. But Mike Davis would be a real possibility to be in danger of that volume that we all want if you have him, if Murray would end up going there. Yeah, I mean, the argument for Davis all along has been there's nobody else. That's That's been the strongest argument in his favor all along. Now, you know, it's just, okay, it's Olison. Okay, whatever. Okay, it's now it's uh, it's Gallman. Okay, still whatever. But uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, and so I think that I think you're right about that there. Uh, the other thing about uh, Gus Edwards, too, is, you know, Murray, he's not much of a pass catcher either. I still don't know who the pass catching back in Baltimore is. Well, they don't throw to the running backs. Yeah, I, that's I think a good that's point. By, I think that's by design. And 
if you think that Gus Edwards is running back number one, I'm trying to see with the, the I, I split out my projections and this is something for free. You can actually use on runthesims.com, by the way, is the season long projection projection builder. If you want to get a good sense of season long props or like you know, if you still haven't done your draft, I'm doing my main draft tonight, my 17 year homely. We always wait till nice. the day before the first game. People get like really upset about that. It's like, oh, I've done my drafts for seven weeks now. It's like, why? Why would you do that to yourself? Just do it right now when you have as much information as possible. So I'm looking at it like I have Gus Edwards while well, he's the running back one. I only have him penciled in for 55% of the team carries because Lamar is like 1A when it comes to running backs. So whether That's it's true. Tyson Williams or whether it is Latavius Murray or God forbid Le- Le'Veon Bell gets 10 carries for three yards every single week. They, they do run above expectations. They run a ton. That's a big part of their offense. So that 55% is worth more than 55% on almost any other team in the league as it translates into carries. But you do have to hedge against the Lamar factor. So even if it is Tyson Williams or Latavius Murray, they're only going to play likely the Gus Edwards role from last year, which is like eight to 12 touches a game. If that some weeks it's far less than that. And then they're kind of useless. So I wouldn't go in like, cause I know that Tyson Williams is a very, popular pickup right now despite the fact that he has the most mysterious apostrophe in the history yeah. of apostrophes and what is that what is that apostrophe for an e would it be an e i don't get it i i i don't know i someone needs to ask him i think you know now that he's he's become more on our radar a little bit someone just need, when after he gets like 15 carries against the raiders because they're up 20 points and, you know we'll see maybe someone will ask him so that's the big thing that you just hit on because Baltimore plays these blowout games, especially earlier on in the season. And that's when Gus would get a lot of his work and he'd get his you know, allotted six to eight per game. And then, oh, there goes my set. If they got up, then you know he would get more than that because it would just start feeding him the ball. That's going to be the Tyson Williams role on Baltimore right now if Murray's not gone. So people are scrambling to go pick up, you know, after Justice Hill goes out and Dobbins goes out, he is the big like late round flyer, big pickup that you can make right now before the season starts. Then I look at someone like Tony Jones. Now, we're not sure it's Tony Jones behind Alvin Kamara in the Saints backfield. It could be Dwayne Washington. He has familiarity with the offense and the team. They really seem to like Tony Jones. It's just the path for Tony Jones being a really good fantasy running back is so much higher than Tyson Williams because you're looking at one of two factors here. Because let's say Edwards gets hurt and Tyson becomes the number one. Well, he's still splitting time with Lamar Jackson, who's probably going to get the more valuable carries anyway. On the Saints side of the ball, even if we don't think that if Kamara goes down, that all of a sudden we're dealing with a situation where Tony Jones is playing 99% of the snaps, he's probably playing like 70. He's probably not yeah. like full Latavius Murray role that we've seen in years past, but he's probably 90% of that, which would make him what a top 15 running back every single week. So I think you need to project out if the best case scenario happens to these players that you don't want to play on a weekly basis, unless everything breaks in their favor. That was always the trap of someone like uh, Alexander Madison last year. It's like, Oh, let's take Alexander Madison uh, with a sixth round pick. I can play him as my flex. No, you can't. He'll be good three times a year. You're never going to know which weeks those are. He's only valuable if something happens to Delvin Cook. At least with Tony Jones, you know that you're not playing him ever. I think that there's some sort of safety to that on your roster too. It leads you in the right direction of not making bench mistakes, which is so critical. And you know, a lot of the time it's a lock or it's a good coin flip your way. But you know, I'm not playing that guy unless that guy is hurt. But if he is hurt, I got a fringe top 10 guy on my hand. So I think when you're looking at your bench running backs, you don't need to take your own handcuffs. You can take anyone's handcuff. Just take a handcuff with upside and just know you're not playing them unless that comes through. 
how important is it to take your own handcuffs if for, for say if it is if it's you not. do have Dalvin Cook? It's not, it's not you don't think it's, it's not. Okay. No, I I like having I have a ton of handcuffs on all my teams. I like mm-hmm. I, I was even looking at I do the flex draft with Sealy and I look at my team right now and I basically took that was my strategy. I took Mike Davis in the fifth round and I ended up going Kelsey, receiver, 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 Davis, receiver receiver and i was like all right it's time to get on these like second tier tight or second tier running backs like damian harris and raheem mostert and gus edwards i actually took latavius murray as well that one didn't turn out so well but i'll trade a latavius murray dead roster spot for gus edwards being the starter in baltimore any day of the week i just wanted to take all these running backs who actually had paths to being good if injury luck broke my way so if you have Henry, like, I mean, Dentarian Evans is out right now. I don't even know who the hand, like the actual handcuff is. And are we in a situation where you have a workhorse running back, but if they go out, does that necessarily mean the next guy up is a workhorse running back? In a lot of cases, that's not true whatsoever. It's a right. split situation. Or they don't know where it is. Like I have a ton of Devonte Booker on my team in the very last round. Because if Saquon goes out, they legit have no one else on that team. It was like how I ended up with all the Mike Davis last year. I was like, well, it's probably not Reggie Bonifon since they're essentially cutting him before the free season. Let me just take Mike Davis in the last round and see what happens. If anything, God forbid, anything happens to McCaffrey, he's probably the guy. And then I ended up just having a running back two on my team for free for like 90% of the year. So it doesn't need to be your handcuff. It can be any handcuff that, you know, will have an elevated situation into a prime time role. Like you don't want to have a handcuff on your team. And then your starter goes out and it's like, Oh yeah, maybe he's a flex play this week. Like what's the point of rostering that guy? It's an, it's a wasted bench spot. Yeah. So for instance, I, I avoided like Darrell Williams, for instance, on the chiefs, because I don't know if it's going to be him, if, if something happens to CEH. And again, you know, it, it, the chiefs aren't going to run the ball that much anyhow. Uh, so I, I think I almost like McKinnon better than Darrell Williams. And McKinnon would probably be free. I probably wouldn't even stash McKinnon, but right. that's a situation where I could see Williams and McKinnon splitting time, depending on packages. And like, we're not even convinced that CEH is going to play like 80% of the snaps. He's probably a 60% of the snaps guy with Williams getting mixed in and Jarek getting mixed in. So it's just not great. It's not a great situation to be in. Exactly right. Uh, we're going to talk a little uh, uh, Saquon Barkley and a little DeAndre Swift, but first a quick note from Fantasy Stan. Playing fantasy sports is so much fun, but once you dive deeper, fighting against other players for a percentage of the pot, there might be sharks like Pat Mayo. Even when you your fantasy team crushes it, those skilled pros may leave you without a single cent. Luckily, the days of having a great score and not getting loot are over. With Fantasy Stand, you're playing against the house. If you reach the, the threshold, you win. It's that simple. Sorry, baby sharks. To participate, choose a free or paid entry uh, contest in the lobby. For salary cap, you have to pick nine players while staying at or under the salary cap. For pick them, you simply pick one player from each tier they are presented with. Done. Now sit back and watch the results and see if your fantasy team has what it takes to stand out from the rest. Come out as the high score. Get ready for additional prizes. Where do you stand? Visit FantasyStand.com to sign up today. I am here with Pat Mayo. uh, And Pat... A lot going on this week, but, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley has been a big hot button issue all draft season. You know, there's some talk about, okay, you know, he finally got contact last week in practice. He's probably going to play this week. They have the short week next week, though. Probably won't get his full workload. Where are you on Barkley for this week? Where are you on for, for him for the season? So Celie and I do our rankings debate show every single week. It's a lot of yelling at each other, but I put up yeah. my rankings and he's like, Mayo, you're an absolute jabroni. You're an <laughs> idiot. You need to change these guys around. I initially had Barkley at 12 
coming into the week, right in that Zeke tier. Because I was like, well, mm -hmm. limited Barkley against Zeke bad matchup. I'd still rather have Zeke, but I feel like right. that's close. He kind of talked me off a ledge. I got him back down to 19. The more I've been thinking about it, I did bump him up one spot. Because what I said about Clyde Edwards-Lair, I'm not sure about his workload in week right. one and how he splits out. So I moved Barkley back up above because even a limited Barkley, a 50%, 60% Barkley in terms of workload, now I think it's still going to be pretty valuable, especially with everyone on the Giants banged up. We don't right. have a tight end. Do we know if Galladay is playing yet? Like, it seems to me like people think that he's going to play, but I haven't heard official word on that. Hunky Tony, he's not going to be playing. Slayton, as we recall, got banged up in the third preseason game. Haven't heard boo about him. It's going to be like Sterling Shepard. Caden Smith's not even playing at this point. Kyle Rudolph might come back. It's not looking good for the Giants. No, so no, Barkley's so Barkley's probably going to touch the ball. I do have reservations, not necessarily about his health. It's all about the workload, like you mentioned. So I have him at running back number 17 this week. The issue becomes... There's not a huge floor for him because we don't know what you know, the workload is going to entail. But you also have to factor if you're scared about the floor, you do have to consider the fact that maybe this is all a smokescreen. And he plays 90 percent of the snaps and he's Saquon Barkley and he's a top three guy. Like right, that's, right. That, that's on the table as well. F the floor projection is probably closer to the ceiling projection this week for based on the information that we know. But you do have to weight that possibility. And that's what I like to do in my rankings. It's not necessarily a list of projections and just listing people in order. It's who would I play over the other guys, depending on the news and everything that goes along with it. What's my acceptable risk tolerance for these guys? And if you drafted Barkley, he's a late first round pick and early second round pick. Like, chances are you don't have two better running backs. Like You might. You could have Gus Edwards and Mike Davis or James Robinson and Gus Edwards. Like I'd probably play the, I would play those guys over Barkley this week, but now we're into like flex territory. Like you really have four receivers that you like right. better than Barkley. So the thing is you're playing Barkley and you're going to have to live with the results. That's just the long and the short of it. That's part of my reservation from not taking that much in season long to begin with. I found myself like put to the test on Saturday, did the NFFC uh, classic 14 team league second round gets to pick 17. I love DK Metcalf. I have so much DK Metcalf in my life. I, and he's sitting there. It's like, okay, I got a chance at Barkley buying the dip, but I couldn't pass up DK. So I, I passed on Barkley yet again. I can see it. And the receiver's just safe for anyway. Oh, can I tell you about my props contest? Yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, we're doing a season-long props contest at Mayo Media Network. You can come play against me. I'll probably suck Jeff into it as well. I all the hosts all the, and all the viewers of the Pat Mayo Experience, which you go, I'm giving out cash if you go rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts too. Just tune into Mayo Media Network. You can find all the stuff over there. But the props contest is if you have a prize picks account, you can just play in it anyway. You just play a $7.11 entry every single week, five NFL picks uh, that aren't the Monday night game the overs, the unders, you're good to go. There's weekly bonuses if you get all five, right? Like you get paid out on your entry, obviously, but you get a bonus 50 bucks. If you win the season long competition, you get 3000 bucks. If you come in last, you get like 500 bucks, which is still pretty hard to do, but it's like 3,000, 1,500, 1,000 at the very top and just bonus prizes to be given away. So if you aren't on prize picks, but it's available in over half the states right now, go to prize picks, make a deposit, use code MMN for Mayo Media Network and they'll match you up to a hundred bucks. Uh, and you only need to listen if you deposit 65 bucks, they'll match you 65, and then you're covered for all of your seven dollar and 11 cent entries for the year. It has to be that amount, that's how it registers on our scoreboard, uh, in order to do it. But it's gonna be a lot of fun, and I'm playing in it, and I'm god awful, so you're, you're definitely gonna beat me. And there's just a free, there's free money up for grabs. Who doesn't like free money, Jeff? Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. And the funny thing is, you know, we, we have all these opportunities. 
uh, you know, all these prop, you know, and any sort of way, gambling opportunities. We used to say, oh, no, we're not gambling. We're not gambling. We, we don't cross that bridge. Uh, Every, you, you, though, you may have said that. I right. didn't. I have never you said You steered that. into it early. You were an early adapter in, in many things, whether it's media with YouTube, uh, whether it's, you know, podcast generally, whether it's, hey, fantasy golf is fun. We should talk about this more. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so impressed with the, the empire that you've built because you are an early adapter in so many different uh, walks of life and different, so many different ways to play our our fun games of fantasy sports. Yeah. And right now this is the best opportunity that the players are ever going to have. Well, until every state has legalized sports betting and then it's going to go like, that's when the dip is going to come. But no matter what site that you want to play with, the offers that all these places are giving you right now are incredible. The odds are being reflected by it too. So instead of taking 20 cents, like a minus 110 and a minus 110 on each side, you're getting like minus 106 and minus 107. So it's a seven cent discount on the bet. Like that. It's hard to comprehend if you're not into betting how large that is, but all the sites are just jockeying for your business right now. So they're giving you like DK has a promotion this week that if you bet a dollar on any week one game, they'll give you $200. Like, and it's not just them. It's everyone giving out these sorts of deals. Like go take advantage of all of them. It is legitimate free money. Just, you know, gamble responsibly. Like, look at me. I'm a terrible better. Love to bet. Terrible better. But I have my entertainment budget. So instead of going to three movies a week, I got money to bet on golf and the NFL. And if I lose it, you know what? Sucks. But, you know, I can still bet the next week. I'm not out of a house. So just remember that. Yeah, yeah. Have have your poker budget. Have your your, your sports uh, gaming budget, your fantasy budget. You name it there. Just make sure you have that there. I think that's a great tip. Um, The United States right now is the wild, wild west. It's a big land grab. Getting everybody to make that first deposit. Everybody to get just get you get your hooks in you just a little bit there because it's super fun. You know, everybody loves doing it, but now it's slowly creeping to be legal, you know, except for out here in California. It seems like it's going to be forever out here. Yeah, well, that that's the big one. Texas, California, New York, when it's like full, full legal, Florida, when it's full, full legal. Yeah, those, those four. And then everything's going to get worse in terms of your offers. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, so it, it's pretty wild there. Uh, DeAndre Swift. You got any DeAndre Swift in your life? I do, actually. I've been taking him. I did two drafts on the weekend. I ended up with DeAndre Swift in the fourth round. It was like. I don't care if he doesn't play week one. By week two, he should be okay. And then all of a sudden, he's catching like six passes a game. I worry that Jamal Williams, you know, with his pass protection, that's all we've really heard of. Why bring him in? I mean, yeah, maybe it's yeah. a split. But I still think the positive split is towards DeAndre Swift. I just think he's the better player. So it's more of a gamble on talent at that point. I didn't want ever want to reach on DeAndre Swift. But I don't have him rated all that far behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire in my season-long rankings. And then by the time I actually went to go do drafts, it'd be like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, David Montgomery, a round and a half. DeAndre yeah. Swift. Like, well, that's pretty good value because considering I would have taken him around and a half higher a month and a half ago and what he may miss a game and it looks like he's going to play anyway. Yeah. And I know there was that cons- uh, talk from Dan Campbell, like, Oh, I'm not sure if he'll be ready for week one than yesterday. Oh, he's good to go. He's been cleared to go. Maybe he'll play a little less this week and it's a bad matchup against San Francisco probably too. Anyhow, but that I, I yeah, he is, he's a nice dip to buy for sure. And uh, I think he's going to be pretty good. I, I love, you know, especially PPR leagues. I think in a standard league, maybe I'll get a little bit more worried about that. I still play in a couple of leagues that are standard score. I was going to say, does anyone play in a standard? Like, I don't think we should be calling it standard anymore, by the way, because I, yeah. I know so few people that play in those. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's funny. Every year I do my rankings, the value meter comes out and I go, okay, the rankings are PPR, but on flex, I'll go ahead and do standard. And people are like, I play, you know, you, you get people all mad. It's, it's I- amazing. 
I, I always did PPR rankings. I mean, this is my 13th year in fantasy football. I'm like halfway to what you got in this biz. But I always did PPR rankings. And like a year and a half ago, I, I switched to half point. I was like, let's just hedge in the middle. A lot of people do play half point. And yeah. I, and That's so the default on Yahoo, I, for for instance, there. So yeah, yeah. I, can, I can see that. Um, yeah, but uh, I... I I do prefer full point. I just like playing because it's more scoring. I understand the arguments against PPR, uh, but I still, I guess I just want more, 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 more. So I like PPR. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I do. Uh, one more uh, quick uh, commercial note before we move on. Uh, Vivid Seats. If you guys want to go to a game, preseason football is wrapped up and we're ready for the regular season to kick off this weekend. Live events are making a comeback and there's no better place to be than Vivid Seats to get back into the action. So grab your NFL tickets and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Man, that feels great to say. Even better, they just launched a new and improved rewards program with free tickets for every fan. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game, your favorite artist, or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Big thanks to Vivid Seats. Thanks to our Blue Wire sponsors here on the Blue Wire Network. I'm with Pat Mayo from the Pat Mayo Experience, Mayo Media Network, Fantasy National, uh, you, you name it, Run the Sims, DraftKings. Pat, let's talk a little golf real quick. Okay. I know you're going to have a 
hey, we, we I know they announced Ryder Cup, uh, t- uh, the team today. You're going to have a big show coming up in a little bit where you react to it there. But I need to get your super sneaky early reaction to Pat Reed not making the, the Ryder Cup team. I got to think it's a health thing, right? If yeah. it's not, not that he looked terrible at East Lake, but I, maybe it was just an excuse not to bring him. But it seems crazy that he's not on this team, to be perfectly frank with you. That you know, I'm a Patrick Reed fan, so I'm in the minority of that. I'm also not yeah. American, so I don't care about the American Ryder <laughs> Cup team. Uh, but I just think it's more fun as a viewer who has no stake in it. I'm not European. I'm not American. And most of the time, there are no Canadians on the President's Cup team. So I'm sort of just a viewer, a spectator mm-hmm. when it comes to these events. I really like them. I just think it's a better watch. Like, it's a made-for-TV event. They should have taken Phil and Reed. Yeah. Bryson and Reed together. That would be a that'd be a hoot. But uh, Bryson is going to be awesome at this course, by the way. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think it's going to be great. You know, and Brooks might not be, be able to play. He's got the wrist. So that still might be one opening still left. There might be a back door for Reed. Well, I, the, I was surprised they didn't pick like alternates, like the the, yeah. the captain's pick, but even the alternates, whether it be for Brooks or hell, we saw Bryson and Rom miss the Olympics because of a positive COVID test. You telling me that yep. that might not happen before the Ryder Cup? Yeah, that's a good point. It's a very good point. Uh, but uh, who knows? Um, we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's a great suggestion. You know, you saw the future and got into fantasy golf way before most people in our, in our space. Uh, what prompted you to get into that in the first place? Baseball sucks. So <laughs> that was a really determining factor. Not sucks in the sense that the sport sucks. It sucks if you cover fantasy baseball or baseball in general. It is the biggest slog in the world. And I covered baseball full time from 2009 to 2015. Love playing fantasy baseball, but just the grind of every day, keeping up on everything, doing this content that mm-hmm. you know, would be dead in three hours. That, that wasn't really the model that I was looking for. And, you know, I had I've been writing golf since 2010. No one cared for five years, like legitimately get like 30 people to click on an article. Right. And I, I paired up with Feinberg. We started talking about the betting side of golf. And then like the big impetus was DraftKings coming out with the golf game. I'm like, oh, this is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. It's it's structured exactly like football, except it's four days. So you actually get four times the bang for your entertainment buck on golf than you do on football. Even more than that, because I mean, you're sweating Thursday, you're sweating Friday, you're sweating the cut. Oh, my guys are in it. This is great. Now you're sweating all the way till the end of Sunday rather than, you know, it's one o'clock on Sunday. Well, by four, I got to go make some more bets and I have to play some new DraftKings lineup because I'm already dead. So there's that part of it too. But it's also geared like the fun of football is you get to draft your teams. That's awesome. Then you do waivers on Monday and Tuesday. And then you have to make your decisions. Oh, there's the Thursday night game. I got to make a decision right now. Oh man, the injury report. Now I have to wait till Sunday morning to see what the latest inactives are. There's so much to do in preparation during the week. That's half the fun of it with golf. As soon as the tournament ends, you got Sunday night, you got Monday, you got Tuesday, you got Wednesday. And depending on where you live, I live on the East, East, East coast, not even an American time zone. I'm East of Maine that I have an extra hour to wake up early on Thursday mornings and even do more research if I want to and tinker with my lineups. That is the fun part outside of the winning. That is the fun part of the week. And no other sport besides football actually allows you that sort of preparation. So the content that's geared like, and maybe it's just me living in an echo chamber, but I see a lot more fantasy golf shows and content popping up all of the time because it's something you can film on a Monday that people can still listen to on a Wednesday evening. And uh, stuff changes just like it does in football. But if I release a pick show 
on Wednesday for the NFL. You could listen to it on Saturday, unless there was some sort of gigantic injury in one of the games. That makes one game irrelevant, okay? You already know that, big deal. You know that the show came out three days ago. 95% of the information in the picks are still going to be good. And that's just with I mean, basketball content needs to be done five minutes before the game starts. That's right, that's right. It's gotten worse and worse as far as basketball goes. It's amazing how hard it is to try to track the stay on top of everything with hoops. It's it's amazing. So as a content provider, and that's what my main job is, that golf, I was doing it anyway. So I really leaned into it. And you know, with DraftKings, with betting becoming legalized, it just it made it so much more accessible. More people are getting into it. And especially like just the big boost at the beginning of like golf and MMA were the two first sports back uh, and from the COVID lockdown at NASCAR. So we yeah. didn't have any of these team sports. And then in people's day-to-day -day lives, depending on where they lived, I know where I lived, golf was one of the only things you could like leave your house to go do for two months. That's right. That's uh, so right. I, so like to get a membership around me right now, is like a two year waiting list before it was like, good God, could you please come play golf at our club? Because no one wants to play golf. So golf in general is just really popular at the moment. Will it sustain that? You know, probably not as people will just have, cheaper and easier things to do that they can do with their family, not to get away from their family for six hours. Right. At a time. But golf just in general over the past year and a half has become immensely more popular. Like I said, COVID plays into it. The other sports being off plays into it. And more people are finding out that it's a lot of fun to bet on. It's the only sport where you have a realistic chance of cashing a 100 to one winner. Do you know what you have to bet on to cash a 100 to one winner in football? You'd have to hit a 13 game money line parlay, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It is, and you know, it, you know, every week you come out with it. And the, the gaming side of things, it, it's it's so fun to do. It's just, oh well, I like this guy this week. Okay, and the one thing I always have about golf is why it's always shots gained approach. It's always this. That's 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 our that's our metric we're using every week. Well, this course is going to not reward putting as much. Let's go with shots gained approach again, or something like that. It's, it seems like, and there, there's other factors, obviously, but I, I'm still learning so much more when it comes to fantasy golf. But it, it seems like that's always there. That, that is the big tip that people should have is approach is the most important thing in golf. It's not even close. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like why, why, was, why, why has Tiger been the best player for the past 50 years? Because he was a stroke better per round with his irons than anyone else. That's crazy. That's you don't realize what a big number that really truly is also. Um, and that's, that's the amazing thing. No, I love all that you've done. And I love like you, you are a, you've set the path for other people to play fantasy golf and to get into that. And, you know, you look at what you've done on the media side of things too. You were one of the very first on YouTube. You've got over 27,000 subscribers to your Mayo media network. You did the, you know, the Pat Mayo experience. You, you just, I, I love how you've seen kind of seen the future on this. And I, it's not, I know there's not really a question in there somewhere. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find that, but well, uh, can I encourage people to go sub to the YouTube channel? Cause this is my third yes, YouTube channel now, because that's been a big problem. Cause I, I launched fantasy sports network in 2014, ran that up to hundred K subs. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm leaving the company. I can't yeah. bring these subs with me. And then I went to DraftKings, worked them up to around like 125, and then I left. I didn't leave DraftKings. I'm still a partner with DraftKings. But as a part of my contract negotiations, I own all my own content now because I wanted to launch Mayo Media Network. So we're only a year in to Mayo Media Network of me owning right. the content, broadcasting the content, housing the content. And one of the big things that I wanted to do, like I just launched a new show called Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. Uh, that's an everyday show. It's going to be, I think, 13 videos a week as a part of that series. But the audio version is going to be like both of those, like two of those videos mashed up. Like basically be 
one in 1.75 videos per day. Uh, and you'll get all your injury information, your starts, your sits. If it's like just Monday night, you want to hear, you'll hear that on the podcast feed or an isolated video feed, but it's allowed me to go out and hire different people in the space and give people an opportunity and give people a voice, which I've always really wanted to do and never had the ability to do it. And I don't know if it's going to be profitable for me long-term. I might be out of business by this time next year, but I'm hoping that people come support the channel because geez, we have almost like 20 separate people. We're covering almost every single sport. And one of the big things for us is like, I I don't want to, I remember grinding through like the very outset of fantasy sports. And that's before daily fantasy money and gambling money was in the space, which allows you to, like people should be paying people pretty well. I remember writing for free. Like my first four years in this industry were free. I had to go work another job and work full time in order to do this. And if I have the opportunity to pay people and put them on, get them equipment and get them experience, I am all for that. I do want to, you know, giving back is one thing. Like I'm obviously running a media company. I want the shows to do well and people to watch them, but I also want to give people an opportunity too, especially people that wouldn't necessarily get that opportunity otherwise. Yeah, that's the coolest thing. We started off with three people when we started Roto News way back in 1997. And now we're like, almost th- almost 40 full timers and 200 other people that do stuff here and there for us in v- very ways shapes and forms and you see people move on to bigger bigger platforms you know all all, all of our alums like yeah, stefania bell now she's on espn you know don't del don on yahoo you know i love seeing that andre snelling's you know he's created his space and you love seeing that too and i i the one thing i i think is really cool too that you do is your production values are so good you know how much time do you spend doing editing you know all, you know doing pre-show stuff. Uh, how much time does it take to do all your work? A lot. Hey, like I, I've been running, I mean, I work every day. So mm-hmm. that kind of cuts into it where I don't need to necessarily work 14 hours a day because I can work on Saturdays and I can work on Sundays. And right. you know, I'm, always, I'm always on my phone, which I've convinced my wife is, wife is just working all the time, which it is because now I don't have to go spend an hour doing research at the end of the day to figure out what I missed. I'm just following the news in real time, you know, five minutes, an hour by jumping on Twitter kind of thing or sure, following exactly. the resources that I want. But yeah, the production value, I mean, it's twofold. Like I went out and I, I, I have a brand new studio coming soon, but you know, when I launched my own network, I wanted to make sure that the production quality was through the roof. But that's my background. My background is as a technical producer, along with being a writer. Like I went to school for broadcasting. So the utilization of cameras and proper lighting uh, and set design, although this camera, a cord broke before the show that I can't use my actual camera. I have to talk to you on a weird webcam, which exposes way too much of the studio. <laughs> you don't normally see it's a behind the scenes look. And like, I'm in my basement right now because I just moved cities. My new studio is not ready. So I had to build this studio in you know, 12 hours or so, but it's the fifth studio that I've built that, you know, putting up soundproofing everywhere, just knowing those tricks. And a lot of it is trial and error, but you know, we become pretty efficient at what we do, but the editing time takes a while. But we also want to make sure that it's a good product that we put out. We need to treat the audio to make sure that it sounds good, that everyone is level, that the, you know, the cameras aren't blurry, that the graphics are up to date, you know, and the, the only time you ever hear, I, I appreciate you saying we have a good production value because we really do strive for that. But the only time I ever hear about production is like, um, did you know that uh, on the 57th graphic in your show, it said LAR, but they're actually playing the Chargers. It's LAC. It's like <laughs> one letter out of legitimately 30,000 letters in the right spot. And that's the only thing that people have. People are the worst. Not you people watching right now, but people right, right, in general right. are just the absolute worst. Like you know, we're trying hard here. We're not a staff. Like my show is a two man team. 
So it's either me or it's my producer, Paul, uh, and we do all of the content together. And it's just us pumping out all of this content over and over as a production team that, you know, sometimes the font check doesn't necessarily make it through the most rigorous vetting on every single one if we have a show to turn around in an hour. So you said your background is in this. So, so you went to school for um, uh, like TV work or wh where did you go? What did you do? Yeah, I mean, I'm a poli-sci major uh, along oh with, I, I mean, a poli-sci and finance double major was my undergrad okay. in college. That's when you spend six years in college, you better get two degrees out of it. Sure. <laughs> Make sure that your liver is somewhat intact when you come out. Couldn't get a job with any of those things. So mm -hmm. I ended up going to broadcasting school at the College of Sports Media um, after I had entered the fantasy space. I was like, hey, I'm going to try to make a career out of this. I think that video is a good way to go or audio. And I mean, I was right about that. Uh, so fortunately, I had that background. And I mean, whether it's, you know, the pivot into fantasy golf, that kind of thing, or the pivot into video is one of the first people doing video in this space independently. It's just because I could set up, I learned how to set up a green screen at my house and I could shoot as much video as I wanted and edit it to the internet. I didn't need, and we see this now, like everyone's in the video space with a very small production team because people are, they're basically all, remember in fantasy baseball, Emilio Bonifacio, we can play every position on yep. your fantasy baseball team. That's what producers and content creators are like now in the fantasy space. Before, when I first started doing this, like if you were a host, you were a host. You didn't know what editing equipment was. And if you were an editor, well, I don't know how to make graphics. That needs to be someone else. So I don't know how to use a camera. That's what a cameraman does. I remember I walked into like the first like TV studio that I like worked at. They had like 13 people in the production room, eight people in like the floor in the set along with three hosts i was like i can do all this myself just you know i'll lock off a camera hit record and i'll edit it in post-production and i mean it takes jobs away from people they were unnecessary jobs when it became so much easier to streamline your own content this way and people you know whether you, you listen you didn't need to go to school to learn this stuff you can go on youtube and watch these videos to figure out they're like five minute videos you can get deeper into the tutorials anyone can learn this stuff on their own it's just it's a lot of a burden to take on because it becomes a lot of work Absolutely. It does. Uh, we're going to close with a uh, content question. Julia asked a question for mm -hmm. us there. She wants to comment on the San Francisco running backs, their skill sets, who's the better at zone running, who's better at third down catches. Just kind of break down the San Francisco running backs real quick. It's kind of a crapshoot at this point. It's whoever is on the field is going to do things. <laughs> it's yeah. we really need to project out. Like, do we really think that there's going to be a huge like pass catching running back? It's probably Kyle Uzcheck is going to end yeah, up yeah. with like the majority of the targets throughout the game. You're never going to play him. That's just taking share away from others. I do expect them to run above expectation because they're a very good offensive line. They have a very good play caller, and they do run a lot of misdirection and motion, which makes running a lot easier. If God forbid Trey Lance could ever start from this team watch out in the backfield. I like Mostert. I think Mostert's going to play 55 to 60% of the snaps. Like I mentioned with Baltimore and formerly with New England when Cam was the running back, 55% on that specific team that runs above expectation is just worth more than someone 62% or 65% on another team. So it levels it out a little bit. I think that Mostert's explosive. Colonel Mostert, he's my guy, but he gets hurt all the time. So Sermon's going to be involved. He's probably going to yep. play like 35 to 40% of the snaps. Then Jeff Wilson is going to return at some point, and he's going to steal touchdowns from everyone. Then Juszczyk is going to steal touchdowns. So there's not one guy you can glom onto to say, this is the guy. I think it's Mostert right now, and I don't think it's close. If he stays healthy, I think this is his job. But what's his max value? His max value right. is probably, probably a very high-end running back, too. On a median week, he's probably like a middle tier, low end number two, very valuable above where he's being drafted. 
but I just don't see a path. Even if everyone got hurt, they would Kyle Shanahan would find some guy you've never heard of to come in and play running back and be productive somehow. It's just they like running through a system, and none of them are really pass catching options. Even when we had Jarek back there a year ago, like he had a few games when it was just him, and yeah, he did catch passes. That's not right. really a part of our offense. Yeah, that's right, and it, it probably would be less so once Lance is in there too. Because I think the running quarterbacks just don't dump off to running backs that much. No, they run. And the the screen game and the dump offs on the Niners go to Ayuk and Samuel. Like they're just bubble right. screens that they allow those guys to go out and do it. Exactly. Good point. Pat, this has been awesome. I, I've really ha- enjoyed the conversation. I know you're a really busy guy, so I was thrilled to be able to get you on the show. Uh, tell everybody again where they can where you where you want to direct them to and see everything that you do. YouTube, you can find Mayo Media Network. My video show is up there. Although I'm giving away a thousand bucks cash money to you people right now. If you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you're in the draw. You subscribe to the Mayo Media newsletter where there's even more giveaways. You can go do that. You can find that on Substack or just click on the description of any of my videos. But the main show is the Pat Mayo Experience Audio Podcast. Comes out daily. Just search it on Apple Podcasts. And if you're kind enough to subscribe, leave a rating and review and preferably five stars, obviously, and your Twitter handle or email, you're in that draw for the thousand dollar giveaway as well. So please come support Mayo Media Network. We are an independent company. We're not, we're not big time like RotoWire. I'll tell you that much. We're independent too. I mean, we're just been around. around, You've been around forever. I'm the new kid on the block. Yeah. (laughs) You're the medium kid on the block now. I mean, you're not even new, but hey, Pat, this was awesome. Thank you so much. We want to thank, uh, of course, the folks at WinBet for their sponsorship, their exclusive sponsorship, please. If you're one of those six states, please go bet at WinBet. Uh, we're going to be uh, back again tomorrow. We've got uh, Mario. We've got John McKechnie. Please tune in to the RotoWire oh. podcast. Mario Puig, he is awesome. Very good. Uh, so please check that out and have a great day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.